106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. The indictments of Trump prove no one is above the law. What a dumb idiot. <laughs> what drugs was his mom on when he was in utero? Because his eyes are way close together, boys. I'm not quite sure how that works, but nobody's above the law. Well, except for the fact that you've just found cocaine in the White House and you've closed the case saying, nope, no suspects. Can't find out whose cocaine this is. You need to have biometrics taken to get into this building. There's logs and there's cameras everywhere. But listen, we can't find out who killed Vince Foster in here. Can't find out whose cocaine this is. But that doesn't mean that somebody's above the law. That's exactly what that means. Bonds. That's exactly what it means. And now, to nobody's surprise, we're finding out that there's been a bunch of weed in the White House. Maybe uh, Kamala Harris's weed while she was listening to Biggie and Tupac's. So this is the third time that they found drugs inside the White House and no one's being arrested because it's run by a criminal group of kid fuckers who are above the law. Yesterday about the impact on something like public health when we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water what did you say when we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population reduce population, reduce population. The Biden administration has been slow in providing military support. Make no mistake about this. We promised them 33 Abrams tanks in January. I heard again two weeks ago in Ukraine, they still don't have them. We've been telling them we'll train their F-16 pilots, but now they're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, have you, I know you're running for president. You are, distra you. You are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. Right. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Well, it's not my concern. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. Wait, what? Well, it's well, not it's my, not concern. my concern. concern. I think I this think country's this in a lot of trouble. trouble. We saw needles on the floor and urine everywhere. It smells horrible. Everywhere. It's not just like one bad street, right? Mm -hmm. Or like one bad area. It's everywhere. It's even on the main street, mm -hmm. which I believe is called Market Street. Not one cop in sight, like not at all. I, did you see any cops? Not, we I, didn't see any cops. Mm -hmm. I just realized we didn't see any. It's also like a ghost town. There are no people. All the businesses are leaving. Yeah, 30 to 35% of office spaces are now vacant yeah. in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And that just speaks to the fact of how frightened these businesses yeah. are by looting 
theft and robbery mm -hmm. of their stores mm -hmm. and just the general unsafety of San Francisco. It begs the question like what London Breed is doing about mm -hmm. this problem because you have kids like we didn't see a lot of kids there's just hardly any people at all on the streets mm -hmm. except the homeless people but when you do see kids it's like what they have to go through to get to school or it's their horrible house. it's so unsafe how it's can you so how can you ask that of a family so somebody sent me this clip of people at a pride march shouting out uh, we're here we're queer and we're coming for your children Of course, when they were called out on this, they just said, hey, it's a joke, it's mockery. You know, kind of like the gay men's choir in San Francisco who said the exact same thing. So I get it. You guys like jokes. I've got one for you. Once upon a time, there was a bunch of people that threatened to mess with other people's children. And then when they tried to make good on the attempt, they were brutally mauled beyond recognition by a father who identified as a grizzly bear. See, it's funny because it would be true. For me it's a new time for me to do this show i got too busy yesterday to pull it off and uh, i just thought maybe i'll sleep for a few hours and get up super early and uh, do this show today so uh this is uh this is no hostages radio and my name is lou benninger and i'm your host and it will play on july 15 2023 for the first time and so i'm happy you're here and we're just kind of getting organized today. And uh, this is the first time I've ever I've done this show super early in the morning. But it's nice. It's cool here for a few hours in Northern California. We've been in a super heat, we heat wave. And heat wave for us is when it busts past 100 and goes for it, clear up to 110 sometimes. We hope that doesn't happen very often. Uh, but uh, sometimes it does. So uh, thank you for listening. And we're going to be here for... Oh, about two and a half hours, maybe. Uh, there's a we do five, uh, excuse me, six segments of uh, 20 minutes apiece, and uh, then we'll have some clips in between. If you're new to us, you may have found us by just putting in uh, to your podcast source No Hostages Radio and, and got over here, or you may have seen our website NoHostagesRadio.com. And uh, that's where we stash all our previous episodes. If you're interested in some articles I write for the Territorial Dispatch, if you're a Californian, uh, I wrote one recently about the California uh, pension program for govern government employees. And you probably have a pension program wherever you're listening from, and it, it may be worth a read because they're usually uh, poorly run corrupt programs, and it's a scam, a kind of a Ponzi scheme. Uh, for government employees so uh, check that out if you wish otherwise uh, we're going to proceed ahead here I'm going to give you a couple ways to connect with me one is to email me if you want to send some information to me regarding uh, what's shaking out there that you see that you'd like me to know about and I'm always uh, 
excited to get information from you. So that's nohostagesradio.com uh, is the website. And then the email is just simply lou, L-O-U, at that website, nohostagesradio.com, lou at. So also you can email me or text me. I have one number that I use uh, nowadays, and that's the only number I have, and that's a cell number, 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. You can reach me uh, anytime you want, text or call. I'm on the left coast, and uh, I do take all calls. I don't screen calls. I just take them and uh, deal with the uh, solicitors, etc. And uh but if you get a voicemail, please don't be discouraged by that. Just uh, give me a minute to get off the phone, and I'll get over to you. So 530-713-1838. So there's a number if you don't have anything, information for me that way. If you have people that need help, I'm going to talk about that later. Uh, you can reach me if you need help for someone as well. So um, I'm just uh, kind of rebooting things here. I started my computer, and I... Uh, the sound system and it, it it got so hot in this room i think it just it it discombobulated everything so i had to reboot everything so we're back up and going again um so i wanted to uh oh let me mention this you can if you go over to the website at nohostagesradio.com uh, you can also click on a listen live button there that will allow you to listen uh simulcast to a, a weekend show called Live with Lou that we do on a local radio station here if you have interest in that. And that starts at 10 a.m. in the morning and uh, runs into the afternoon till 1 o'clock. So easy way, it's on KMYC Radio, 14, 10 a.m. But if you're very far away from our counties up in Northern California, you won't be able to tap into that on your regular radio. You have to go through one of your uh, uh, website devices like your phone or tablet or something something so that's uh nohostagesradio.com and look at the listen live and you can uh, click on there and it should simulcast from kmyc uh okay so i think that's it so i wanted to mention a couple things right off the bat because i think if you're like me you start listening to things and then you get busy or you get interrupted and you don't get back to it so i want to mention a couple things really important if you're a northern california person or Wherever you are in the United States and concerned about election integrity, uh, I'm having a guy named Doug Frank or Douglas Frank, Dr. Douglas Frank. He's a Ph.D. He's a physicist, physicist, and um, he uh, left his regular work uh, after the 2020 election to evaluate the technology behind the elections and the steal and see if there was a steal. And so I've I've heard uh, Doug Frank uh, on video and then live. So when he was here live speaking at the Bards Fest uh, for Scott Sorensen, Scott Kesterson, excuse me. I was fascinated by his talk as I was fascinated online looking at a video he did nearby here. And uh, so I asked him, uh, how could we do a better job at taking control uh i don't mean uh dogmatic control but but being involved in our elections to the extent that we knew really knew what was going on and 
uh, how the elections were being stolen, the many ways and how we could prevent that, et cetera, et cetera. So Shasta County, that's way up in Northern California. They just uh, supervisors voted three to two in Shasta County. That's one of 58 counties in the, in the state. They voted to get rid of Dominion, get rid of all electronic devices having to do with their election and go to a strict hand count paper ballot. And uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor, is is not happy about that. And they're trying to pass laws to prevent that. But uh, I'm, I asked Doug Frank uh, how, how I could go about it. He said, listen, just have me come back and we're going to explain that to you and how to prepare your organization which uh, my organ- the organization I'm a part of is Freedom Coalition Network that formed during the COVID resistance. And so if you want to go to that website, it's a great website to get information. We just kind of redid that over the last several months to be a fresh website every day with new information going up there. So you can go to Freedom Co, Freedom, the word Freedom, co.net. Very simple. And uh, so... <clears throat> Anyway, that organization, we invited Doug Frank to come back. He's coming back on August 6th to uh, Yuba City or Sutter County in California, and he's going to speak at 5 o'clock at night at Church of Glad Tidings. That's at 1179 Eager Road in uh, Sutter County. It's right off the Highway 99 freeway that runs all, all the way through California, north to south. And Doug Frank's going to spend a couple hours with us talking about our election here and and what we can do about it and some of his information of course is transferable to anyone but uh, i wouldn't he is traveling all over the country meeting with county after county after county and uh, if you look on that website you can read something about him and uh but uh he is uh, so far he's been to over 40 states uh, talking to grassroots groups like ours. He's talk, talked to many secretaries of state, state attorneys general, legislators, hundreds of local election officials to try to uh, instigate or be a catalyst for election reform. Uh, he's been in two movies, uh, documentaries from Mike Lindell, Scientific Proof and Absolute Interference. Uh, his his uh, information, his presentation is amazing uh it's uh, you you know if you if people give usually if if you're a professional speaker you don't get bogged down with lots of numbers because people get blurry eyed but dr frank's data-driven presentations uh, are amazing they're engaging they're persuasive and his point is that the america's electoral process uh is in crisis but he but he has a good a good uh pitch we can do something about it. So like anything else, we're only going to be able to do something about it if we put our heart and soul into it. So uh, Dr. Frank has had a huge career. I won't spend a lot of time on it in uh, math and science. And at the very highest levels, uh, he's either was either won the Nobel Prize or was nominated for it. He's had all kinds of inventions. The, ama- the, the cool thing is that he can look at the data and and see uh, a story in the data that you and I may not be able to notice offhand. So he's coming, and he's going to help equip us. We're hoping, and you've been Sutter counties in California, to move 
to a paper ballot system, vote on the same day, and even ID, all that. Some of that stuff is going to be uh, against the law in California. You know, it's I think it's against the law to show an ID or demand an ID here. But paper ballots are not. Paper ballots are a possibility. So we're going to go for that. If you need help, uh, look up Dr. Douglas G. Frank, Ph.D., and you can reach him uh, on the Internet. and um, Or you could just reach out to me, text me, and I will give him uh, or give uh, you his uh, booking person who all of us are volunteers. And uh, Dr. Doug Frank will travel all over the United States to help you. He had, he's speaking all over California right now, coming up into August 6th when he'll be here at 5 o'clock at Church of Glad Tidings. So you don't need to book, you know, register. You don't need to pay anything. Just come if you're in the area. And um, 1179 Eagle Road, Live Oak, California. Well, they call it Live Oak, California. If you just put 1179 Eagle Road, Yuba City or Live Oak, it's going to come up and get you. We're right in the middle of two postal zones. So uh, that's that. I also wanted to mention uh, in this first segment that we we have had a fight here, uh, like you have, regarding COVID. And uh, we've had a business in our Yuba Sutter County's area. It's a... It's a uh, we would call it a barbershop or a beauty salon. It, they do both. They have five locations in five counties up in this area. Five locations are four. Yeah, five locations, four counties. Anyway, they're located in, in Butte County, Sutter County, Yuba County, two locations, and also in Placer County. And so what happened is uh, they refused Uppercut Barbershop. They closed temporarily, but then they realized nobody could feed their families. So because there was no money being given to these barbers, so uh, there was about 40 of them representing uh, family members, over 104 people, 110 people. So they opened back up and they continued to cut hair. Uh, The Marysville Police Department uh, tried to arrest Randy Mitchell, the owner, uh, and then they decided they didn't want to arrest him. So they just cited him. The district attorney refused to press charges. District attorneys in a couple of counties have refused to press charges that Gavin Newsom wanted to press and the, and the uh, consumer affairs wanted to press against Randy Mitchell. So they had a hearing and in the court hearing, the uh, judge that was a hearing all over the phone. Remember, we, the courts were shut down for most uh, type of situations. This was an administrative hearing. The administrative judge and the prosecutor uh, talked to Randy Mitchell on the phone. They found him guilty. They took away all his licenses and all the other barbers' licenses. And so then they went back and tried to pursue him for operating without a license after they took his license because he cut hair while COVID was in session. So um, for now we're in about three and a half years now, and they have been uh, prosecuting him, trying to uh, get him to shut down his businesses. They've sent agents in to intimidate his barbers. Uh, some barbers have quit. Uh, just a small number of females usually are timid, intimidated if they haven't been out and on the streets and get scrappy with the cops. So they've intimidated them like they're going to arrest them and put them in jail for cutting hair or fixing hair or coloring hair without a license. So Randy Mitchell said, I don't need a contract with the state anymore. I'm going to operate on my own. I have, we all have plenty of years of experience. We don't need your uh, blessing 
or your uh, good housekeeping stamp of approval. We'll let people judge for themselves. So he created a, um, a social club, a, a private membership organization. So if you want to join, you can, you can get your haircut there if you become a member of the club. And uh, he's going off grid, so to speak, off the res- reservation. But Gavin Newsom uh, does not like to be resisted. So they're suing Randy for uh, almost $130,000 for uh, the fact that they, because that because of his resistance, they now had to investigate him. And they say, we got that kind of money in, involved in this. So they're suing him in uh, civil court. And the reason I'm ta- telling you about this, if you're up in this Northern California area and you want to stand up for a freedom fighter, I'm inviting you to come to uh, the Placer County Courthouse in Auburn, Auburn, California, at 101 Maple Street, Department 3, Auburn Courthouse, 101 Maple Street, Department 3, on July 27, and please be there in front at 8 o'clock. We'll have some signage there. We need as many people as we can to make a public presence to support the cause. Uh, We want to be there from about, we have no idea how long it's going to be, but we want to be there no later than 8. The the court hearing is scheduled at 8.30 a.m., so we want to be there to support Uppercut Barbershop. And uh, if you'll watch the freedomcode.net website, if for some reason there is a continuation or a cancellation, we will post that right away on that website to keep you in the loop so you don't make a, a humbug run up there. So a lot of us, uh, Randy, a lot of us, uh, uh, some of us that are supporting this are in that county, but I'm not. We're we're a county or so away, so it's going to take an hour or so to get there on that morning. So we need to, you know, there are a lot of lawsuits going on right now throughout the United States. I hope you know that some the government's coming after people like in California and other ones, the people are going after the government. So in in San Francisco, Firefighters are suing the city and the fire department in New York. Teachers, uh, uh, sewage workers, police and fire are suing New York uh, over the fact that they were mandated to get the jab and they got fired if they got if they didn't take the jab. Same way in San Francisco. So uh, there's a lot of uh, legal action. I'm thrilled about it. There are health care workers that are suing hospitals. All these people had their rights, their employment rights violated when peop- when they said either get the jab or get out. So uh, teachers, everything. All these people had, you know, we all have, uh, there's laws on the books where employers can't demand ridiculous things of, of employees and then hold their job over them uh, like that, like they were, I just mentioned. So... Um, the, this is a time to stand up for your friends. We have a, a firefighter, a San Francisco firefighter in our church uh, who's about this is about two and a half hours away where I'm sitting from San Francisco. And they, he's among 25 or 30, uh, 20 to 30 firefighters that are that are moving their way through the courts and prevailing over San Francisco. They haven't got a, a, it hasn't got done to a full court hearing yet. But there's a lot of processes to get there where you have your what you call day in court. But I believe they're going to prevail. They're prevailing in New York. And these firefighters are asking and cops are asking for their jobs back and back pay and punitive damages, which they all should get. 
So um, that's all good news. So I wanted to tell you about Randy Mitchell. And I may have him on our live show this weekend as well to promote it. And and, uh, he also is doing some cool things with kids. They do a lot of cool things helping kids because Randy came up the hard way and lived homeless and his parents were addicts. And, um, but now he's helping kids all over the community. So, all right, uh, please go to the freedomco.net website to keep in touch. Maybe uh, a lot of you are, are pretty tuned in and you're looking at a lot of uh, media, uh, alternative media where you're finding information about COVID and about violation of our rights and stuff. If you want one place where we're trying to collect some of that and, and give it to you uh, easy, um, go to freedomco.net and uh, just keep checking in there week to week and you can find out a lot. Uh, we just we're building we're building right now another department on that site uh, or a page on that site called uh, voter integrity or election integrity, something like that. It's under issues. If you go on the first page of freedomco.net, click on issues. Uh, you'll see a lot, something with having to do with voting pop up. Check that out. I think you're going to find it. There's a lot of good information there as well. So we're going to come to, we're just coming to the end of our first segment. And uh, we'll have a few clips here for you that I think are uh, helpful. And then we'll be right back. For any public schools that are engaged in these militant and country-destroying practices, I will instruct the DOJ to pursue them as violators of the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause of our Constitution. (laughs) Yeah, right. To vigorously enforce yesterday's Supreme Court ruling, I will eliminate all diversity, equity, and inclusion programs across the entire federal government. Many good-hearted people have strong emotions about the environment, and their emotions are so strong that they have been manipulated by a corrupt government to castrate themselves and castrate their own children to save the earth from climate change. This should teach us something about our emotions. They can blind us from logic and reason, and we all have them. This report is not a critique of the film, The Sound of Freedom, I saw this film and I appreciate that it is bringing awareness to a subject that I personally have very strong emotions about. This report is about a clear red flag that people should be aware of so that we don't allow our emotions to blind us from logic and reason. According to MK Ultra whistleblowers, the CIA acquired children for Project Monarch by cataloging child pornography sent through the US mail. And the only thing that's changed since then is that the world has gone digital. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, or the NCMEC, went international in 1999. The ICMEC was launched by Hillary Clinton and Tony Blair, with Richard Branson acting as a founding sponsor. It has now partnered with law enforcement in over 150 territories, including Interpol and Europol. In 2009, the Clinton Global Initiative partnered with the Polaris Project, 
and by 2014, they created a global modern-day slavery database of organizations in 199 countries to monitor human trafficking. Also in 2009, Amber Ready Incorporated selected the Podesta Group, the infamous pedophile art collectors of the WikiLeaks Podesta email scandal, to be their PR company, where they were responsible for promoting Amber Ready's cell phone technology, which created a database of children so that if they ever were abducted, their information was already on file. Once this child database syndicate was launched, human trafficking increased. Within nine years, the human trafficking industry went from around $30 billion a year to $150 billion a year. Nearly all child pornography is processed and stored within this framework on foreign servers in Sweden. In 2014, President Obama assigned the task of how to manage this gathered intelligence data to John Podesta. The Clintons, the Podestas, and their friends are demonstrably involved on the criminal side of child sex trafficking. If this is news to you, I recommend my report from 2019, Are the Clintons Involved in Human Trafficking?, which is based on the well-researched article by Corey Diggs. And it is this group who manage and run Polaris, the ICMEC, and the NCMEC. And these are the same groups that Angel Studios, producers of The Sound of Freedom, are directing people to as a way to combat child trafficking. The billionaire who has been funding Tim Ballard's operation is Carlos Slim, who has also funded Hillary Clinton and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And if you believe that the Democrats are the problem, then I recommend you look into the Franklin cover-up and the Bohemian Grove. Pedophilia is how the hidden hand controls their politician puppets. Awareness of this horrific problem is good, and perhaps Angel Studios is unaware of who they are promoting. But if we think that the same NGOs whose efforts increased the child sex trade by 500% will somehow end child sex slavery, then maybe we are too emotional to think clearly. And that's a problem because this same cabal is pushing a totalitarian surveillance state. They're already pushing the idea of microchipping your children to keep them safe. And without logic and reason, the people will demand it and our children will be more enslaved than ever. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. You see what's happening there. We do see businesses moving out for various reasons, but some of them saying they're concerned about the crime in the area. When you see that happening to your beloved city, what goes through your mind, and, and do you think something's going wrong there? No, I think they're, they're struggling to recover from the pandemic. Wait, what? They're struggling uh, to come back. They're struggling with the, the, the macroeconomic shifts, particularly as it relates to uh, telework, as it relates to what's the future of a downtown. Is it stacking of offices or stacking of people? <laughs> Are you serious? But some of them saying they're concerned about the crime in the area. No, I think they're, they're struggling to recover from the pandemic. <laughs>
Thank you. We're, we're back. And uh, let me get over to the right page here. All right. If you, um, if you are like me and you have something that you really counted on, like your computer or your car or some other piece of equipment that you needed to do your job or do work around the house or go have fun with, and it's broken, it doesn't work, it's like, ugh. So all power services, Will Fanning can fix he doesn't do computers, but he does everything else, uh, like laptops. He doesn't do that. Fortunately, I have my ace right across the street from me, and she's amazing, Rhonda. So, um, by the way, if you're listening and you ever need your computer fixed, I have a lady that can knock it out of the park for you, and you can just text me, and I'll give you her number. But all power services here in Yuba City can fix any kind of off-road vehicle fun device you have stuff that you need to make a living with like a compressor or a truck or anything that uh, chainsaws all the all the uh, tools of the trades that are connected to power uh will fanning can put them back together and give them back to you just like new so if you want to hook up with all power services in yuba city you can call him at 53 or text him at 530-844-0347, 844-0347. He's over at 1469 Stewart Road. That is off Highway 99, just to the west, uh, just about three minutes off the freeway or the big road, Highway 99 on Stewart Road. And uh, if you want to email him, you can, allpower1469 at gmail.com. And uh, But Will will take care of you, and they have, uh, as I say, they work on big rigs, tractor-trailer rigs. Uh, have, they do hydraulics. They do all kinds of things uh, to put your equipment back together and give it back to you. Uh, also, Allen's Auto Body, that's where I take my vehicle. When it gets in a fight, they can uh, repair it, straighten it out, put new parts on it, and paint it. And give it back to you. It looks just like it rolled off the assembly line. Allen's Auto Body. That's the Clark family. Kevin and Carrie Clark and Sons. They're at Tea Garden at Sutter in Yuba City. And uh, I won't even give you the number. Just watch for the super bright yellow building at Tea Garden and Sutter. And you've arrived. You can call them if you want to tell them you're coming at 530-671-1057. 671-1057. All right. Um, okay, I wanted to uh, give you a little perspective. I don't know what happened to this woman, Krista, not Krista, but duh, Krista Rodriguez. I just read about this. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I guess she's a famous person. I don't know a lot of famous people. But uh, before die, it says, before dying at age 40 from stomach cancer, well-known designer and author Krista Rodriguez wrote the following. I wonder if she got stomach cancer from the jab. Lots of people are dying from cancer uh, after getting the jab. But let me read. This gives a good perspective. And I think we all need some a tune up or perspective from time to time. So uh, she said, I had the world's most expensive car in my garage, but now I have to move in a wheelchair. She said, my house sells all kinds of branded clothes, shoes, 
and valuables, but now my body is wrapped in a small cloth provided by the hospital. I have a lot of money in the bank, she says, but now I'm benefiting nothing from all that. My house was like a castle, but now I'm sleeping in two beds in the hospital. From five-star hotels to to five-star hotels, I went. But right now, I spend time in the hospital moving from one lab to another. I've given hundreds of people my signature, but this time, medical records is where I put my signature. I've had seven barbers or, or hairstylists to do my hair, but now I don't have one hair on my head. On a private jet, you can fly anywhere, but now I need two assists to walk to the hospital gate. Although there are many foods, now my diet is two tablets a day and a few drops of salt water in the morning. This house, this car, this plane, this furniture, this bank, too many reputations and too much reputation and fame, none of them really fit me. None of this will relax me. There's nothing real except death. None of these costly things or a lot of money in my different accounts could give me a light relief for five minutes or to save me from this dangerous disease. She says, life is so short. Um, She wrote this article before she passed away from cancer. At the end of all things, huge money in different accounts, costly cars, costly house, etc., etc., is nothing in front of our health. Uh, says so. Be happy, healthy, and love humanity. It's it's a difficult thing we are going through in the nation right now because we are realizing that the government has tried to kill us. And tried to make us sick. And we know that there's a group of people, we call it the COVID cabal, a lot of different terms, in the world, behind the scenes, behind the curtains, that are trying to reduce the population of the world by 7 billion people. You think, well, that's a lot. How many does that leave? Well, it leaves less than 1 billion and uh, you think, oh, well, you know, are they, I, I thought they were worried about the climate. The way they, they're getting at the climate, even though they want you to change cars, change houses, live in a, in a, a high-rise building instead of living on a plot of land, they're really going to just eliminate people, and they think that is going to solve all these things. These people are evil. I'm just looking reason behind me here to look for a, 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 a saying David, Dr. David Martin who just spoke before the European Parliament he lives in Virginia I believe he said COVID was a, was a government sponsored genocide and our local officials took part in it local officials what I mean by them I mean like city council supervisors and the health officer. They took part in a state-sponsored or government-sponsored suicide, uh, genocide. And, uh, and people are dying now on a regular basis from all the ailments uh, that were caused by the jab, the poisonous jab. 
And uh, that is coming out for people. For some of you, you have your heads in the, in the sand. And the fact is, uh, I'm sad about that, but I'm not going to apologize. And say, oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I you know, some people want to be that way. That's fine. It's a free country. I always tell kids in juvenile hall, you can shoot yourself in the head. You can shoot hoops or you can shoot heroin. There's a lot of shoots you can do and it's your choice. So um, a lot of people are waking up. A lot of people have been uh, awake, but we're, we're getting more and more evidence of just how the kill attempt uh, was foisted upon us in, in uh, many, many different ways. And so the government uh, is investigating all those things now. So I look at people like Krista Rodriguez, and I, I love her perspective. And I think it's so true, and we get so caught up into day-to-day activities and things we think we need. But the fact is, when you're really sick and your body is giving out on you, uh, you just say, you know, I, I would just I would be happy to be poor and healthy, right? I want to move on here and talk about The Sound of Freedom, the, the movie that's uh, the big talk around the United States right now about uh, people that have invested their lives to save children from uh, human trafficking. And uh, unfortunately, what we're finding out, I was talking to somebody the other day and they, I said, you know, there's some blessings in when people try to kill you, like in COVID, you begin to see things that you never were that aware of. You wondered about them, like, like institutions in our government. Are they honest? Like the FBI, the DOJ, the EPA, the IRS, the ATF, all the alphabet soup groups, the NIH, the CDC. Do they really care about us? Are they really doing the best for us? The fact is they are not. They're corrupt. And so what we're finding now is that the United States government has been funding the trafficking of children to pedophiles. You think, oh, Lou, now, you, now you're gone off the rail. No, you, you just don't know what's going on. That's all. So the fact is, uh, though you've been happy to be ignorant, uh, that is not a happy state to live in. So I want to, I want to tell you some facts about the sound of freedom. This, this movie, the guy that the, the movie was made about happened to assist on a pedophile sting in my hometown here. And uh, it was successful and they, uh, arrested over 40 guys in just a couple week period guys that were trying to have sex with uh, underage girls, nine years old and 14-year-old fictitious girls, that it was a sting operation. And uh, so he was here. I did not meet him, but my friend who's in law enforcement worked with him on this project, and they arrested a lot of folks. So Sound of Freedom, uh, it was a movie. I was shocked that it was made and ready to go five years ago, and Disney owned the rights to this film, and, and, but did not, we're not going to release it. And the reason is that it it exposes pedophilia and uh, Disney is full of pedophiles. So Angel Studios ended up buying the rights from Disney and they took it to Amazon to get it, uh, uh, you know, uh, distributed. Amazon was not interested because they're also involved with pedophilia. They have people in in uh, their ranks and their promoting those type of things. Netflix um, turned it down. 
And so they decided to pre-sell the tickets and were able to get it into 2,600 theaters and uh, were very successful. And it's still successful to this day. But I wanted to give you a little background on it. It's, it's outperforming. For instance, the budget on Sound of Freedom was just $15 million. You think, wow, that's a lot of money. Well, some, some uh, movies like Indiana Jones, which is out right now, spent almost $300 million to make Indiana Jones, 300 million versus 15 million. But the, the public is preferring to go to Sound of Freedom. So um, Indiana Jones was released in 4,600 theaters. Sound of Freedom went out to 2,600 theaters. Um, so still Sound of Freedom, after being out a few weeks, is outgrossing uh, most other films, I think, if not all of them. So I was just talking to somebody at the Freedom Co. meeting last night, and they were saying it's extended in our local area. It started out just going to be there for a week or so. And now they uh, are continuing to um, let it hang around. And, and two guys that were in our meeting from Nevada County came down to Yuba County last night to set in on the meeting. They said they had just seen it the day before or the same day we were meeting uh, in a Yuba city theater. So, it's still out there. I would encourage you to go see it and support these guys that are making amazing movies. That's uh, the Angel. What do they call it? The Angel. What do they call it? Angel Studios. Angel something. Um, that put it together. All right. So uh, we're also looking into ways that we can help. One of the concerns is when you rescue these kids, where do they go? Well, a lot of people are saying they go back to the government the government claims these kids, right? It's interesting. It used to be uh, kids that were uh, orphans or kids that were uh, runaways were taken in by nonprofits, by church organizations or nonprofits, and they, the government did not take them in in the beginning of America. This is something that, that happened later. Now the government believes that they really were totally transparent the government believes that your children are actually owned by the government and if you goof up they will take them back from you and put them in a, a home uh, i've been on uh back in uh, 2003 i think it was uh when gray davis was gov governor i was appointed to a 60 member group to reform or change the welfare laws uh, welfare being child welfare laws, not welfare handing out money, but child welfare. Uh, what what do we do with kids when the parents are struggling or something happens, right? And what what I found in spending a couple of years on that committee was that foster care is not a great spot for kids. Uh, it's 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 not uh, it's rarely uh, a preferred way of taking care of kids to the parents, and many kids die in foster care. Uh, and many kids are abused in foster care. And many people get into foster care for the wrong reasons. For instance, to make some money. It's like raising puppies, you know, you, uh, and selling them. So, uh, so we've been looking at ways to help kids that have been trafficked and take them in. That's going to be a big fight with the government. We just met last night, a group of us, to discuss that. And it's not going to be easy, but uh, we're looking into it. I wanted to mention this. When I grew up, uh, I remember we always had a bottle in, for breakfast in the morning, a bottle on the, uh, on the table. If we had pancakes, it, was, it had a picture of a black woman, and supposedly her name was Aunt Jemima. 
And Aunt Jemima syrup was the best syrup on the market, in my view, of just like bulk syrups, you know, that I'm sure there's specialty syrups that certain people paid extra money for. But Aunt Jemima was like the go-to brand. And the sad thing is, uh, with culture canceling, all these Uncle Ben, Aunt Jemima, the, the Indian on the, the land of the lakes, they're all being uh, canceled uh, because, oh, that's racist. But actually, Aunt Jemima uh, was not a racist thing at all. I want you to, I've talked about this before, but I thought I'd mention it just today. I, it came up uh, on my feed again, and I just was so fascinated by it. I wanted to let you know the truth. Um, says a great woman uh, was erased by history by idiots. The branding of the syrup was a tribute to this woman's gifts and talents. Now future generations will not even know this beautiful woman existed. What a shame, says the world knew her as Aunt Jemima, but her given name was Nancy Green, and she was a true American success story. I want you to think about this. Uh, Aunt Jemima supposedly just using that term is racist. Uh, it's not racist at all. It's just a name. And she just happened to be a black person, and that was what God, that's the color God gave her. Okay? She was born a slave in 1834 in Montgomery County, Kentucky. And she began became a superstar in the advertising world. Have, are you aware, if you could name a superstar in the advertising world, maybe a celebrity, who would that be? Do you have negative feelings about them? Do you think they're racist, that, they're, if it's, that we're taking advantage of them if they're black? I, have, I see all kinds of black athletes. They're making 20, 20 million a year, 5 million a year, what, selling shoes. They're black. Do you think that if they weren't a great basketball player or a great uh, actor or, or maybe they weren't black, they would get the same amount of money? No. So are we taking advantage? Are we exploiting them as slaves? No. So anyway, it's just our short-sightedness that we would denigrate somebody like Nancy who became Aunt Jemima. Oh, you shouldn't change names. Tell me an actor that you know their real name. You know, I mean, let's look at this re real uh, in reality, people. She was born a slave, became a superstar, and, uh, and she was the first living trademark in the United States. She was the trademark for the best syrup in town. Green was 56 years old when she was selected as spokesperson for a newly new ready-mix self-rising pancake flour. Not just the syrup. So back in the day, uh, people had to make their own mixes to make pancakes. And this was already ready-mixed, ready to just pour it out and make it. So self-rising, and, and she made her debut in 1893 at a fair and exposition in Chicago. She demonstrated the. she said, you know, they had to show people how to use this new product because people used to make everything from scratch. She became an immediate star. She was a good storyteller. Her personality was great, appealing. Her showmanship was exceptional. Her ex exhibition booth drew so many people that many special security personnel were assigned to keep the crowds moving. Green was so signed to a lifetime contract and traveled on promotional tours all over the country. She died in 1923 at age 89. She was a, rem a remarkable woman. She was a bajillionaire, right? It's, it's amazing how the liberals don't even want black people to succeed. This woman 
had her own profession when women didn't have their own professions. We'll be right back. We're going to start a third segment in just a second. thing you need to know. Slavery was not invented by white people. It did not start in 1619 when the first slaves came to Jamestown. It existed before then. It did not start in 1492 when Columbus discovered the New World. In fact, when the intrepid explorer landed in the Bahamas, the native Taino tribe hoped that he would help them defeat their aggressive neighbors, the Caribs. The Caribs enslaved the Taino and, on occasion, served them for dinner. Slavery existed in Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. The word slave actually comes from the Slavs of Eastern Europe. Millions of them, all white by the way, were captured and enslaved by Muslims in the 9th century and later by the Ottoman Turks. Slavery existed when the Roman Empire controlled the Mediterranean and most of Europe from the 1st through the 5th centuries. Slavery existed when Alexander the Great conquered Persia in the 4th century BC. It was so common that Aristotle simply considered it natural. The slave master model was just how the world operated in the great philosopher's day. Slavery existed during the time of the ancient Egyptians 5,000 years ago. As far back as we can go in human history, we find slavery. As renowned historian, John Steele Gordon notes from Time Immemorial, slaves were a major item of commerce. As much as a third of the population of the ancient world was enslaved. Here's the second thing you need to know. White people were the first to formally put an end to slavery. In 1833, Britain was the first country in the history of the world to pass a slavery abolition act. They were quickly followed by France, who in 1848 abolished slavery in her many colonies. Then, of course, came the 13th Amendment in the United States Constitution. After centuries of human slavery, white men led the world in putting an end to the abhorrent practice. That includes the 300,000 Union soldiers, overwhelmingly white, who died during the Civil War. Now, am I saying that this makes white people better than anyone else? Of course not. My purpose here is to simply tell the truth, and the truth is that human history is complicated. No one, regardless of skin color, stands guiltless. Yet today, we are never told to consider the murderous Persian Empire or the cannibalism of indigenous tribes of North and South America or the heinous actions under the imperialistic Muslim, Chinese, Mongol, or Japanese empires, to name just a few. Instead, we're told that slavery is a white phenomenon. And like all persistent lies, this lie spawns a bunch of other lies. 
On social media, I come across extraordinary depictions about how Africans lived like pharaohs before Europeans came and laid waste to their paradise. I wish any of this were true, but it's not. It's a fantasy. The truth is that Africans were sold into slavery by other Black Africans, and in many cases, sold for items as trivial as gin and mirrors. Whites didn't go into the interior and round up the natives. They waited on the coast for their Black partners to bring them Black bodies. The stark reality is that our lives had very little value to our ancestors. Here's the third thing you need to know. If you think slavery is a relic of the past, you're wrong. There are some 700,000 slaves in Africa today, right now. That's the lowest estimate that I could find. Other sources say there are many more. For context, that's almost twice as many slaves as were ever brought to the United States. Child soldiers, human trafficking, forced labor, these are the conditions that currently exist within the same sub-Saharan region where the transatlantic slave trade originated. African bodies are being sold today like they were sold then, and no, they are not being purchased by any country of white men. In fact, slavery, by any traditional definition, is exclusively practiced today within non-white countries. But we hear almost nothing about that. Just like we hear nothing about how slavery was universal until good people in Europe and America ended it two centuries ago. Why? Because our so-called leaders, black and white, wouldn't profit from it. Black victimhood is nothing if not profitable. It elects politicians and funds racial grievance groups. And if Black Americans began to view themselves as partners in the American dream, if we embraced the patriotic spirit that holds all men are created equal, the patriotic spirit that is our real heritage, then the race hustlers would soon be out of business. And who wants that? I'm Candace Owens, author of Blackout for Prager University. segments today and uh wanted to mention if you have a legal need um you don't have to really most of the time i'd say nine over 90 percent of the time you don't need an attorney you think oh wow that's complicated i do it myself sometimes you can get uh legal services that are free from your county but uh sometimes they're not sufficient for what you need you need to somebody just handle it for you in that case, North Valley Paralegal, my friend Nellie Garcia, can take care of that for you. And she is at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard in Yuba City, Suite 202A. And you can reach her at 530-751-9289, 751-9289. So she gets calls from all over California and outside the state. Sometimes you're in another state and you need somebody here to deal with some problem you have here so uh you can reach her she's easy she's uh honest she's easy and and fun to work with and she's a very hard worker for you so north valley paralegal 1110 civic center boulevard 202a you can make an appointment at 
888-999-9289. Also want to mention the plumbing doctor. They just came over here and helped finish up a little plumbing problem I had over the last few months. And we've been working on it with the next door neighbor. It's where my sewage runs out through. And the plumbing doctor serves Yuba Sutter counties, 530-671-9111. They have dispatchers there. You're not going to get an answering machine, 671-9111, 24 hours a day, every day of the week. They will come and, and help you. Again, they serve Yuba and Sutter counties, and they do all kinds of things. they got cameras that go down inside the pipes. they got big super blasters that blast out and clean out the pipes. Uh, they do a great job, and so um, they were here just uh, last week. They were here last week. I wanted to mention um, something about education. We, uh, I may have mentioned this on this show. I, I sometimes get the talk on the two different shows, the podcast or the live radio, confused, whether I covered one thing in one place and didn't get over to it on another but we had a superintendent of school speak on um, I, I watched a show I just stumbled across my feed uh, and it was a live um, interview with the superintendent of schools at Marysville Joint Unified School District and I find so many politicians which I include superintendents that way politicians they talk out of the side of their head and they don't speak the truth they don't speak facts they speak in superlatives and she was talking along and telling how she came from L.A. and she didn't know how she would be received. And I'm not sure I'm, I'm happy about receiving her now. She's, she moved up here. She got a great job. It's a huge. These, these leading education jobs, they're paying them about two dollars $300,000 a year. And uh, they aren't worth it by any means. And when they leave, they never do want to quote the statistics on how, how good the students are. You know, if the students do good... Uh, they take credit for it. If the students do bad, then they blame the parents. So Connor Boyack with the Tuttle Twins, he writes the Tuttle Twins books. He, I mentioned this, I think I may have mentioned it last week. He said a staggering 87% of high school teachers and 84% of elementary school teachers identify as Democrats and are, are uh, being used to propagandize our kids. And um, then I, I, the, I also pulled together a, a letter from the American Veterans Center when they were talking about D-Day, the attack, uh, the, the assault, the Allied assault against Hitler, I think it was on June 6th, 1940. Uh, I'm not sure what, what year of the war it was, 41 through 45. But June 6th, I believe it was, and they hit all the beaches, Omaha Beach. You heard all those beaches, but there are a number of beaches. Anyway, they said that uh, kids didn't know about that assault. And they said a recent survey of high school seniors, 72% didn't know we fought Hitler during World War II. 87% didn't know we entered World War II because of the attacks of Pearl Harbor. 60% didn't know which countries we fought in World War II. And 13% thought General Dwight Eisenhower uh, was uh, a general from the Civil War rather than the, uh, the leader of all Allied forces during World War II. So when I was listening to this superintendent of Marysville Joint Unified School District, her name is Fal F-A-L, Asrani, S-A-S-R-A-N-I, she made a comment that I thought was just preposterous, and she said that 
the children in Marysville Joint Unified School District are brilliant. Well, please look up the word brilliant. Brilliant used to be reserved for people like Albert Einstein uh, or uh, people like Ben Carson, who was able to uh, disassemble two brains uh, to make them two separate people, uh, co-joined twins, and people like that were brilliant, right? Now we throw brilliant around like every kid, if he's got a C-plus or a B-minus. I was talking to another friend whose son did very well in uh, high school, just got a full-ride scholarship to a four-year, uh, college, four-year scholarship, and uh, she was telling me how how much the schools have been dumbed down. Uh, because she has children in the public system right now. I would just like to say that uh, uh, do not believe what's being told to you by superintendents of schools. Uh, They're not simply, unless they're actually giving the statistics of your district. I know that our schools in the Yuba Sutter area are not high-performing schools. And the sad thing is, that our our uh, schools are intentionally dumbed down. They're not teaching U.S. history and civics as folks uh, were taught back in the 60s, 70s, and maybe almost close to 80, eight in the 80s. So uh, just something to ponder, and I wanted to go back and touch on that because uh, we're being we're being deceived. That's just, it's just the facts. That's what's going on. Um, I may have mentioned this last week that uh, Francisco Ravellis, who just ran for office in night in uh, 2022 to run for he ran again, uh, lied, claimed he was a a conservative, a Republican, ran again for superintendent of schools in Yuba County Office of Education uh, over the county. uh, And he ran for office. In 2022, he won against a, a, an opponent um, who thought he wasn't doing a very good job. I agreed with her, and she got 45% of the vote plus change. He got 55% plus change, and so he won fair and square, I guess. Uh, but he was uh, he, he defrauded the public two ways. One is he portrayed himself as a conservative. He was not a conservative in any way, um, and... Uh, so right after he won, and he was serving for about another maybe 14, 16 months, he retired. And he didn't retire from working in the education system. He wanted to go do other things in the education system. So the, the, if he was an honest man, what he would have done before he ran for office in 2022, and he should have decided to just simply let everybody know, I'm not going to run for office. Why don't all you who interested in my job run for the run for the job and then uh, let the people decide? That's what America is all about. Right. People driven politics. So the superintendent of the county in in California counties is the only elected official for for education. So instead of doing that, he corrupted the system and he dropped out just uh, 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 several months or maybe one year into his uh, into his new term. So now the now the uh, the county 
has to go out and they're doing a head hunting. They hire a head hunting firm to recruit candidates to apply, which costs a lot of money to the residents, right? So you'd think he would have been concerned about that, but no, this guy's a narcissist and he's really more concerned about how good his dance step is. So when he was running for office, Francisco Ravellis could not tout or could not proclaim the, how, how good the kids were doing in school or how the graduation rates were increasing or how, how much um, the kids' grade points were going up or how much the kids went from uh, disaster coming into the system to uh, success. He couldn't tout any of those accomplishments over the years that he'd served there. All he could talk about was he, he, his big accomplishment was coming up with a, a disaster preparedness plan uh, for the county. The reason I bring this up is that now the county office is now going to do a search for the right person. I wonder sometimes if, if it wouldn't be fair, fairer to give uh, the person who actually spent time, spent money, went out and spoke to the public, went door to door, paid money to raise uh, to print brochures, explain her approach to the community, and uh, but then lost. Why not give her the job? At she got forty five percent of the vote. Let me ask you this: a person that got fifty five percent of the vote, if the people knew that they were only going to serve for another year and then they were going to quit. You think they would have actually voted for them or they had voted for the other person? Many people who vote for the incumbent have no idea what that person is like. They just vote for the incumbent because they haven't killed anybody lately or haven't raped anybody lately that stood out in the paper. That person, that his opponent, probably would have won that race if they would have known what this character was going to pull on the county and cost everybody a lot of money and hardship and time and frustration to find after just one more year have to go into a superintendent search totally ripped off the county self-focused selfish self-absorbed narcissist is what he is francisco Ravellis. remember that name in northern california if you ever if he's ever advertising he's going to teach you a class skip that class baby you know there's more caught than taught and uh character uh teachers with character i like bright teachers don't get me wrong i like people that are brilliant uh, but also we're talking about character. So I um, just want to bring that up. You may see that in your own. Uh, we're, right now we're having these people, it's interesting, people now throw, throwing their name in the hat, right? Pick me, pick me, pick me. But they weren't willing to run for office for the job because just throwing your name in the hat doesn't really cost you anything, right? You send in a resume for the um so what we have now, this is how the, the system gets so corrupt. And the Board of Education didn't create this, this situation. Francisco Ravellis did. But there's five members on the Board of Education of Yuba County. And so all, all it's going to take is three people to pick that new person. So that means three individuals chose the new superintendent of schools instead of like a few thousand, thousands in, you know, voting. It just isn't right. And so you think, well, yeah, Lou, if they went to a special election, yeah, they tell me special elections now. If we had to do the election over again because Francisco screwed over the other election. And even the uh, the uh, Republican Central Committee 
did not even try to en- they they refrained from endorsing anybody on that even and so they let Francisco get away with portraying himself as a as a Republican. Why would he do that in Yuba County? Well, because the it, uh, Republicans dominate the county. There's more of them. Doesn't mean they pick every person. And it's a it's a nonpartisan race. But enough of them would have if they knew that he was supporting liberal. Super liberal people, pro-abortion people, CRT people at the state level. Uh, the guy was a uh, imposter, a poser is what he was. So uh, let me get back over to this week's topic. I wanted to go back and touch on that. And I don't know, uh, for you guys that know about Kevin Kiley, he's our congressman, not totally in Yuba County. Part of Yuba County is with Kevin Kiley's district. My feeling is he's only real active congressman we have in the North State. All the rest of them are wallflowers. And uh, so he's in the House of Representatives. They've only been there since January. And he said last, week's, uh, the leg- last week the legislature's supermajority outdid itself. So he's in Congress in Washington, but he's talking about the California state legislature. He said the California state legislature supermajority, that means the Democrats— have enough votes without any Republican votes to do whatever they want about any topic. So they said they outdid themselves. So there's a public safety committee. You know how bills start. Somebody writes a bill and it just doesn't go to the floor of the, the, uh, the uh, house or the, uh, or the assembly of the Senate. It has to go through committees and being it, it's vetted. And so the public safety committee um, considered a vote are considered a human trafficking bill. The trafficking bill was going to make it light up to life imprisonment. If you're caught trafficking a child, it's a serious felony. That's what the, the bill was going to say. All, all the Democrat members of the uh, committee voted to say, no, they don't want child trafficking to be a serious felony. The beer, the bill appeared dead, but then Gavin Newsom, very liberal, a pervert himself, a liar himself, a deceiver himself, knew that that was going to be bad juju for the state, bad publicity, bad publicity for him. He uh, tweeted and took aim at the lawmakers uh, in another state about something else. And then uh, Kevin Kiley took aim at him. He said in a tweet, today Newsom is weighing in on a vote of the Iowa legislature. He has nothing to say about California's own legislature voting that child trafficking is not that serious. Then suddenly when we have a congressman going after Newsom about sticking his nose into Iowa politics, Suddenly, Newsom's silence was a part of the story. Within hours, he changed his course, calling the bill's author, Shannon Grove. He called her up, and then he pressured the legislative Democrats. You know, it's interesting to me when Democrats want to change the rules. They just change the rules. If they want to uh, uh, be lawless, they're just lawless. Nobody, but, but if anybody else breaks the law, oh, you're in deep trouble. The next day, the same assembly committee suspended its rules. Just changed its rules. Said, oh, we voted that way the other day. 
we're now going to do a, a do-over. And they allowed a revote. This time they voted the bill to pass. In other words, that child trafficking is a serious felony. It, the bill did not pass the legislature. It just simply got out of committee to go on the floor. The bill has already passed the Senate, a supermajority Senate, supermajority Democrat Senate. Shannon Grove is a conservative. She's a former military lady. And she authored this, and it, it was a bipartisan passage in the Senate. California has begun, uh, again, be, become a stench to the United States of America when we say that you can get away with trafficking kids and we're okay with it. You know why? Because a lot of those dudes down there and are perverts and women. They're perverts. That's just the way it is. They're protecting other perverts. Uh, and, and he said, oh, he said also, he said, uh, this is Kevin Kiley again, Newsom's Board of Education adopted a new social justice mathematics framework. Do you have confidence in mathematics that now they're going to teach social justice? In other words, somehow connect civil rights and oppression to mathematics. I don't remember ever being taught anything but mathematics in a mathematics class. Thank God for those days. Or English, the same way. Um, okay. We're moving on. Kevin Kiley is one of the more active. Uh, oh, I he, he also mentions here in his blog, I also he said, I also interrogated another Biden official, FTC, that's Federal Trade Commission Director Lena Khan. Lena is a big socialist. And Lena Khan goes out when she doesn't like the way business is running. You know, businesses are supposed to be private businesses. But the government more and more tells you how to run your business, what time you, how many hours you can work people, how much to pay them, whether they, whether you need to have insurance for them or not. All these various rules, what you can do, what you can't do. It's a socialist country, folks. You think, oh, no, we're not social, we're capital. Not really, not the way they act. So Khan, who had barely concealed her socialist designs, the New York Times coverage of judicial hearing led with the question, you are now zero for four in trials. So anyway, you can see on the, I, I looked it up on YouTube and watched him interview Lena Khan. Does a great job. Kevin Kiley's doing a great job for us. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're halfway through our show today, and listen to these clips. We'll be right back. Well, I came to the river. And I took a look around There were old man's shoes There were needles on the ground no My name is Tara Rodas and thanks to the bravery of Aaron Stevenson and thanks to Project Veritas and James O'Keefe for publishing the story I was sitting on the Pomona Fairplex emergency intake site processing unaccompanied children. So you may know that children were coming to this country from other countries. We were taking them into the care, HHS, and then delivering them to sponsors, sponsors, unvetted sponsors throughout the United States. 
So because one whistleblower came forward and because one organization was willing to tell the truth, I was able to then uncover and report that the U.S. government is the middleman in a large-scale, multi-billion dollar child trafficking operation. We literally have government-sponsored, taxpayer-funded child trafficking. So one whistleblower coming forward, telling the truth, sets in motion a cascade of things that you could never imagine. So I was very grateful for the opportunity for someone to tell the truth. And who knows, maybe one of you could be the next person to come forward. So along with my buddy Aaron, I'm going to continue to speak the truth until children are rescued, criminals are prosecuted, and the United States government no longer is putting billions of dollars to traffic children. I've been really confused over the last five years as to why we spend 45 minutes to an hour of every public meeting talking about how great everyone is and how great everything is in the schools, and now I've figured it out. I've figured it out because all these people came here to defend you all from hurtful words. This is obnoxious. Let me just say, there is one goal for the educational system. It should be to prepare children to enter careers to be productive members of society. It is not a counseling session. It is not a self-help area. It is not somewhere to find yourself. And we should not be led by the children, for goodness sake. The children are called dependents for a reason. They depend on us who have fully developed brains. You cannot feel your way through life. The issues that we are talking about, we are bringing you statistics. We are talking about scholastics. We are talking about funding. We we're talking about busing. We are talking about trying to figure out how to make our children be as successful as possible. And I am sure that that is your goal. And what we have been called tonight is what they're claiming that we're saying to children. We're having an adult conversation. There are not children in this room. We aren't going into the schools and calling them names. They call us Marxists and hateful and bigots and everything else under the sun. Well, let me tell you. Less than 5% of the entire population of North Carolina identifies as LGBTQ. You guys all claim you want democracy. Well, you know what democracy is? It's the majority plus one. It's 50 plus one. You know what? More than 50% of the people in this state claim that they believe in God, Almighty God, who made us male and female, God who made marriage between a man and a woman, God who said that we must protect our children. The fact that we can stand up here and we know, we can brag about all of the wonderful graduations, but we know, we know the statistics. 50% of children did not pass their end of grade tests. What are we celebrating? We have, we have children coming up here telling us how horrible the mental health crisis is. Why? Most of us went to public school and all of our, all of our peers are not in mental health crises. We have to ask ourselves, what are we doing to our children? I'm going to say, we are discussing things with them that they are not emotionally, intellectually, and morally able to handle. That is what is causing the anxiety. That is what is causing the depression. That is what is causing the confusion. We need our children to be able to be children, to be able to be innocent, to be able to enjoy childhood and not know all of the drama and all of the difficulties in adult life. That is what we want. We want our children to be able to read and write and to think for themselves. And we demand that the children who fear God are protected in your schools.
They're thinking about spending $1.5 billion over the next three years in San Francisco. And they're saying each bed would be $70,000 for a shelter. What are your thoughts on this? The whole homeless business is corrupt. And here's the reason. When Gammon and I did the 10-year plan in 2004 to end chronic homelessness, we looked at each and every contract. So if you come to me as a homeless person that is mentally ill, they were putting people into programs that were five months long for mental. And then at the end of the five months, it put you back on the street. So that's not permanent supported housing. So that's one problem where programs ended and didn't have the proper transition into permanent supported housing. The second problem is we found one organization that was spending $75 on administration and $25 on the homeless person. Wow. 75% of their funding will go to themselves. That's right. And that happens all the time. That's why it's corrupt. We're into our uh, second half of the show. That's the fourth segment. And so I want to mention Greenitz Construction. Dave Greenitz, been my friend for over 40 years. And uh, Dave is has the top remodeling firm in the U.S. Sutter County's area. He would have it in a larger area if he wanted to work elsewhere, but he just restricts his, his group. They have a number of crews. They work on a number of projects at the same time. And But the crews, the various people that, that take a particular project, they do it from start to finish. They just jump. They don't jump around. So your project gets handled from the first time he takes you on as a customer to the time that he hands your house back to you. Uh, he's on it greenestconstruction.com you can go to that website it's the color green with etz greenestconstruction.com or you can go to his facebook site at dave greenest construction and check out the type of work they do it's better than me saying it you could just see it yourself just scroll through the photos before and after photos and uh, if you want to reach out to him you can send a me- message off those platforms or you could dial or text him at 530-682-9602. 682-9602. They've been into my house. They've fixed, fixed this house many times. I live in an old house. If you have an old house or a brand, a relatively new home, I have a home built in 1937. It, it, uh, it needs some loving care every once in a while, but it's stout. Yeah. And uh, Dave helps it stay that way. So give him a shout. And... Um, He will take care of you. Also, I want to mention if you have addiction problems, and uh, uh, Dr. Joe Cassidy and I have been working together. I am not medical, but I'm a coordinator and get people to where they need to be to get the help. A lot of people get discouraged. They get addicted. When When you start out, it's all fun and games. It's like the party. It's party time. But at some point with addiction, the party's over, and then you're just an addict, and it just is tough. And it's discouraging and it gets in your way and it may sometimes you lose what you had. Sometimes you lose your family, you lose your job, you lose your income, you lose your home, you end up on the streets, you end up uh, living from here to there. And uh, you think life is over. I've made too many mistakes 
Uh, but it isn't over. As long as you're breathing, uh, there's hope. And so I want to encourage you, uh, whether what, no matter what you're addicted to, we can help. And uh, Dr. Joe Cassidy is an, a specialist in addiction. Uh, he's worked with people in Yuba County Jail when he was the doctor there for over two decades. So he's working out at Peachtree Health here in Yuba Sutter Counties, and uh, they have various locations. But you can reach him just by calling the main number at Peachtree Health, which is 530-749-3242. He, he, isn't, he doesn't just deal with addiction. If you have other illnesses or you just need a general doc, he can handle that, 749-3242. If you have addiction issues and they ask you, if you get them on the phone, they say, oh, you want to see Dr. Cassidy? What's your problem? Just tell them addiction. No problem. They'll just hook you up. If you have any problems getting through on the line, sometimes our line backs up. I'm going to give you Doc's direct cell number to text, not call. Text only once. And put in your, once you text it, put in your name, your phone number, and just put the word addiction. His number is 530-682-8648, 682-8648. He does work, so that means he's not going to respond to you immediately. If he's seeing patients, he cannot just stop and call you. I can. So if you get, if you're really in a bad way and you're frustrated and you think nobody's paying attention to you, you can't get, can't get through on these lines, I'm going to give you my number, and you can call me or text me, and I will uh, help you get connected to an appointment. And Doc and I will help you get into a rehab if that's what you need or if you want to stay out and take some medication to stop from going through withdrawals. We can do all that. So my number is 530-713-1838, 713-1838, and you can call or text me any time of the night or day, and, um, and we will get it on. Okay, also, uh, Thrifty Rooter, uh, if you have a plumbing need, Thrifty Rooter is operating on the all the counties surrounding Yuba County, Yuba County, Sutter County, as well as other adjacent counties to us, even down in Lincoln, and as Lincoln's part of Placer County. It's a big city now in uh, Placer County. And uh, Butte County, Nevada County, Calusa County, all of them are using, as well as Yuba Sutter, using Thrifty Rooter. And they have a great website at thriftyrooter.net. If you could just go on that website, if you have the ability to do that, and you can check out what they offer, all the various plumbing services they offer. But if you just want to dial them up, very simple. I'll give you the number. It's a landline at 530-673-8201, 673-8201. And if you wonder, wow, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm out here in the country. I got a septic system. I don't know what's wrong. They can help you with septic systems too. That's a specialty of theirs. So they will, they will make it happen. They'll make it happen easy for you. So, um, I'm just, uh, picking and choosing here since we're in the second half, I'm getting more choosy on what topics I cover. Um, wanted to mention, uh, Anthony Fauci is being outed, uh, continuously now because he, he was a criminal or is a criminal, still living. He's just out of government, so to speak. I'm sure he's still having influence, but I don't think he's on the payroll except for his retirement. But uh, the title of this article was Fauci and top health officials used $26 billion in tax dollars um, to illegally approve grants. This is a problem with the bureaucracy or what Donald Trump referred to as a swamp where people think that they are above the law. 
and they don't have to follow the rules and regulations and policies and protocols of the elected officials. The way our government is supposed to work is that the elected officials are supposed to tell uh, directors of departments what to do, what not to do. But the officials get lazy, our elected officials, and they get sloppy and they just let things kind of happen. It's kind of like your car. You can drive it, press down on the pedals, uh, turn the steering wheel, or you can put it on automatic pilot and, um, and, and do that. So, uh, so let me, sorry, I was just getting a text here and I was just seeing, um, uh, let me just, uh, take care of this really quick. All right. So, um, said so last week, House Energy and Commerce Committee, I appreciate these guys going after these folks, held a press conference to address Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra. Xavier Becerra served in the state of California. He's completely corrupt. He's the most arrogant fellow. I, I, I'm just going to say he's the most ar- arrogant fellow I've met. He is not the most arrogant, but he is uh, one of these many arrogant people who think uh they are really something special. They're, it's just like amazing. They're, they're having a hearing regarding Becerra's failure to legally reappoint over a dozen top health officials, which led to the illegal spending of over $26 billion in taxpayer money. These are people in our government, folks, that are just doing whatever they want. And unless somebody tracks them down, they get away with it. So Becerra on July 7th, um, that he received a letter for his failure to follow the 21st Century Cures Act, a law passed in 2016 with bipartisan uh, support. Remember, this was during COVID. And so he is he gave money to parts of the government and directors that needed to be reappointed and they didn't get reappointed. And there's a process because why would it, why would you care? Because people that are not reappointed are not really responsible. Do you realize I just listened to a talk uh, by a guy named calendar. I can't remember his first name. He's a lawyer and he was listing all the high government officials in the United States of America, including Anthony Fauci, that did not take the oath of office. Do you know that you could, you could uh, be an imposter and uh, step into one of these jobs and you wouldn't be held accountable because you really weren't, that pr- weren't supposed to be there and you didn't take the oath of office? The oath of office is a commitment you're giving to the government and to the people of the United States that you're, you're going to serve them and operate at a certain standard. If you don't take the oath of office, you're an imposter and you will not, even if you do something wrong, they can't hold you to a standard that you didn't swear to. You got it. Said as a result, those who continue to serve in positions after 2021 
were technically not legally allowed to do so any longer. Thus, any spending undertaken on their watch would be illegal use of taxpayer money. So these people just stay in their jobs. It's like, hey, I'm not going to take the, I'm not going to, they didn't get reappointed. So they just keep paying these people. It's just ridiculous. They just aren't, they have all these rules of how they need to operate and they don't follow them. It says there's been a complete breakdown of accountability at the agency that has lost the trust of the American people during COVID-19, said Congresswoman Kathy McMorris Rogers. She's a Republican out of the state of Washington. She's chairman of the Energy and Commerce Committee. 14 National Institute of Health officials, including Dr. Fauci, held unlawful positions and exercised authority that they didn't even have which include sending out $26 billion in money to other people. If people don't take the oath, they don't have a right to manage the money. It's like an imposter coming in, like the uh, movie Catch Me If You Can, that totally fakes being a pilot. The committee has since announced it intends to hold a hearing for Secretary Becerra sometime around the end of July. This guy is so incredible. Watch him on YouTube. I I can't take my, I I actually end up thinking, Lou, you're wasting too much time watching these YouTube. I can't take my eye off. These people are such magical and professional liars. And they are so feeling they're above the law. Whether you listen to a Bill Gates or a Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, or Becerra, or or Cardoza, who's the Secretary of Education. Oh, my goodness. What frauds. These people have no business in public office. All right. Um, let me get down here. So I was, uh, some friends of mine who took the jab, they're immigrants, and they man, they're mandating all immigrants take the jab. And I tried to get them hooked up with a fraudulent jab where they, they got the, the okay to uh, – they, they got the paperwork, but they really didn't have to take the jab. You know what I mean? So they were found out, and they said, hey, you got to take the jab. So they did, and now they, they're – working on having a baby and a third boy. And um, they're having some medical problems, and I'm concerned that the jab is having an effect on them because the word out is that the vaccine adverse event site clearly shows that the COVID jabs are a disaster for pregnant women. A disaster. And um, I'm just looking here for something that ties into this that was sent to me just this morning. And um, it was a clip of a lady in the UK, a nurse, that instead of giving the COVID jab to all these elderly patients, 
shot saline solution in their arm and to protect them because she knew that it was going to kill them. And uh, I don't know whether I, for some reason I can't really pull it up right now. Uh, I'll look it up. Anyway, I was so proud of this lady, but she got found out and she was taken to court and, and uh, there were tens of thousands of jabs that she gave these elderly patient COVID jabs, supposedly. But instead of COVID, she just shot saline solution, which is good for you. So the courts ruled in the United Kingdom that uh, she was not going to be prosecuted. I thought, come on, come on, come on. So what happened is, do you remember a lady named Rochelle Walensky? She served during the middle of COVID to just now. She quit. She lied to the American public. The CDC had revealed that vaccines, uh, they eventually ruled that vaccines were not safe for pregnant women. For quite a while, they said they were safe. Then they they lied about it. Then they changed their opinion and told Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC. Do you don't know the CDC is not a government organization? It's funded by people like Big Pharma and Bill Gates. So if you think, oh, they're they're out for the best of my health, they are not. CDC is corrupt. FDA, Food and Drug Administration, corrupt. Steve Kirsch wrote this, a vaccine adverse event reporting system is official U.S. government database for reporting adverse events. It clearly shows that the COVID shots are the most dangerous vaccines of all time. There are more adverse events reported for the COVID vaccines than all other vaccines combined in the 30-year, 33-history of the vaccine adverse event website. Or not website, but the history of the the uh, collection of adverse effects. He shows in this article, it's a long scientific article. He says the number of childbirths and miscarriages, or in other words, to say it, spontaneous abortions, is higher with COVID than every other, if you combine all other adverse effects of, of women's pregnancies, over all vaccines, over 33 years of collecting data, today's problem is way beyond it. He says, what I found should alarm everyone on the planet. The absolute number of stillbirths and miscarriages, or what he calls spontaneous abortions, associated with the COVID jab is literally off the charts, four times higher than for all other vaccines combined. He estimates that there's been over 360,000 excess deaths in the United States, all kinds of deaths. He said, you don't have to believe me. Everyone in the media can... Uh, sort these statistics out. They're out there. 
if you know of people that have died or miscarried, I know of people that have miscarried that took the jab. If they took the jab and they died right away or they miscarried, send me a text, 530-713-1838. I'd like to know the story because it's happening. It's happening all over the place. And uh, women, uh, the, you know, one of the truest statistics has been the U.S. military showed a 300% increase in miscarriages among their female uh, soldiers and um, who were forced to take the jab to stay in the military. In fact, a friend of mine was just had about a year to go before retirement. And um, they said, either you take the jab or we're going to, you're going to lose your retirement. You're going to end up getting pushed out of the air force. She could have prevailed. Unfortunately, she took the jab. My question to her was, do you want to have more kids? Because many women that take the jab cannot end up having kids. It affects their, their uh, reproductive system. It's something to think about, folks. But I know a lot of you have either taken the jab or not taken the jab, and it's kind of a done deal at this point. Though if you still wanted to take the jab, they're out there. They're still promoting it in our counties. We'll be right back. makes you look suspicious, then blowing up evidence makes you look guilty. And the Biden White House just blew up the bag of cocaine. They destroyed all the DNA evidence because apparently when they went in and got the bag, they treated it as a biological entity and for some reason destroyed it because, uh, you know, to me, it just seems like they would go in there with the hazmat suits on, put it in a protective bag, take it to a lab for analysis. But instead, apparently they blew the thing up. Um, uh, it's just it's just a complete joke and a nightmare. Yeah, so the Secret Service destroyed the evidence. They didn't put it in the evidence locker. They didn't send it to Quantico for additional testing. They incinerated it. Is that proper criminal procedure? Is that how you handle evidence? Uh, hey, Jimmy, we just seized a ton of coke and firearms from the back of the truck. The DA doesn't want to bring charges, so let's go out back and light it on fire. That's some chain of custody they have going over on there at the White House. The only way now we'll ever prove whose coke it was is if Hunter confesses. So here's a question. Did the White House blow up the coke while they were testing it for fingerprints or after they tested it? Hey, let's just dust this bag for prints. Oops, where'd that fire come from? Is this why we only have a 500-person suspect list? 
because without any physical evidence, every single person in the White House is a suspect, all 500 of them. I'm pretty sure police don't blow up evidence when they close a case. That's called a cold case. I didn't go to law school, but I think police try to preserve evidence. At least that's what they do when I watch Law & Order. Everything I know about criminal law is that when you destroy evidence, you're participating in a cover-up. Remember Trump crumpled up a document, threw it in the toilet once, and they wanted to put him in prison for life? And just in case you're keeping score at home, the cameras had a blind spot also. And first the coke was in the library, then the cubby, then outside the situation room, and then back in the cubby. Oh, and Hunter wasn't there on Friday. Oh, actually, he was. Oh, and the key to the cubby's now missing. Oh, and the coke's missing, too. Why? They burned it. But how dare you think the coke was Hunter's? This was a thorough investigation. Would the Biden administration go through these lengths if this was a random tourist's cocaine? All this to protect a random tourist? This wasn't a tourist. This was probably someone living at the White House. And we know recovering addicts living at the White House. Why would someone take it out of their pocket and leave it somewhere? The answer is because when you're in that mindset of an addict, you want to have like little drop points so you can kind of sneak in, take a quick hit, leave it there for safekeeping, and come back. So it was being stored somewhere. And so the cubby was a stash spot. And if there really was a blind spot for cameras, like they said, this guy knew about the blind spot. Tell me what tourist knows about secret blind spots on cubbies outside the Situation Room. And let's talk about the little cubby. You're saying somebody opened up a cubby using a key and there's not a single print on the cubby? Not a palm print? Not a shred of DNA? The Secret Service is saying someone used latex gloves to put a bag of Coke in a White House cubby. Did the Secret Service dust the cubby for prints? Or did they blow up the cubby also? You know you can take a palm print off a cubby. They can lift palm prints off counterfeit checks. That's how they do it. And if you stash Coke in the cubby, wouldn't you want to cover it with something? Like, you know, put it in a backpack, put it in a book, maybe a pouch. You're saying someone pulled a Coke baddie out of their pocket in the middle of the White House and just threw it in a cubby and then locked it and shut the door? Didn't try to hide it at all. Was there anything else inside the cubby? If it was a book, a pouch, or a sock, that'd probably have prints and DNA on it. And that would probably narrow it down from 500. Now, the Secret Service won't tell us what else was in the locker, though. The IRS loses all their emails. The Secret Service deletes all their January 6th texts. Hillary bleaches 33,000 emails. Epstein's surveillance cameras break. The Pentagon can't five, six billion in Ukraine. The Biden bribe tapes missing in Europe. And now Biden's White House cocaine is blown up. It's pretty easy to beat the law if you're above it. The entire human race, all of us against all of you. Hmm. Well, you know, if that's the case, your side's not doing too well. Do you really believe that, James? Yeah. We've never been freer. Literacy is at an all-time high. We're working to eliminate racism, intolerance, gender inequality. People can, people can love who they want, be who they want, do what they want. Diversity is no longer a dream. Hate speech 
is no longer tolerated. And politically, we're reclaiming the moral high ground. James, I think I love you. Literacy, James. James, the average high school graduate reads at a sixth grade level. You have basketball players making 30 million a year decrying racism, all while wearing sneakers made from slave labor. Now here's something for you. Right now, your world currently has 40 million slaves. More than the Romans had at the height of their empire. You want to know the best part, though? Half of those, half, are sex slaves, James. As for hate speech, well, you want to hear some irony? We didn't even come up with that one. You did it all by yourself. Sometimes you amaze even us. I fail to see the humor. Bottom line is you're done. It's over, that's it. And we did it all right to your face, James. And now there's evil everywhere. And no one even cares. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree. Proving that we achieved our goal. Slowly, with your movies, your TV, and your media. We desensitized you. Redirected your worldview to the point that you can't even recognize evil when it's right in front of your face. More to the point, James, you can't even feel it when you're doing it. My buddy was telling me, though, he's like, yeah, a lot of people still don't buy from dispensaries. They'd rather go to a dealer because dispensaries tax so much. So there's actually been an increase in drug dealers' profits, you know, which proves, like, the only thing us Americans hate more than drug dealers is paying taxes. <laughs> <laughs> At least we know where the dollar's going, right? <laughs> Mexico. No. <Nah. laughs> well, your friends, the fancy persuasion, don't admit that it's part of a scheme. All right. Never have I ever uh, seen so many uh, people uh, living on the street in my local town here, small town, Marysville. I call it Zombieville. People are not just living on the street. They are out of their minds, and they're using fentanyl, and they're using fentanyl, and some of it has trank in it, which is uh, causing them to be zombie-like. I've never seen... I've seen a lot of people, I, I was raised here when there were what we call hobos, because we have a lot of railroads coming through our community, and they would ride the rails. And uh, you could see they were drinkers and stuff like that, but uh, they uh, were fully functioning. And today we have people in the street that are not fully functioning. And we say, oh, well, they're, you know, these government, oh, well, there are a lot of people on the, on the uh, you know, mental illness is the reason they're uh, homeless. No, no, no. The reason they're homeless is they're doing drugs and they need to be taken off the street and uh, put into rehab. They need to be arrested for their violence or their or their criminal behavior and then put into a rehab and get them cleaned up and see what we got left. So, uh, but in the meantime, they just do whatever they want. They're lawless. And the, the government very rarely get involved unless somebody hits someone else in the head with a hammer like happened with uh, Paul Pelosi. When he was up there having a little sexual gig with that guy and the guy ended up hitting him in the head. 
So, but all the rest of the baloney that goes on out on the streets, no big deal. So Elite Universal Security, they are located here in Yuba County. But they're actually uh, function, they function all over the North State, but their headquarters is right here in Yuba County. But they're all, all the way up, if you're listening to me from another county in California, all the way up to the Oregon border. If you want to look for a job, you want to go to work for them, you want to pick up some uh, extra money, uh, you can become a guard. And uh, they will train you on how to do that, Elite Universal Security. And you can do some of the training probably even online. So they need people up in Butte County and all the way up in near Weed. Or, not, yeah, Weed or uh, Wairika. That's what they were telling me the other day. Wairika. They got jobs all over the place, even maybe across the border into Oregon. So if you'd like to pick up some extra bucks and you want to work part-time or full-time, you can call 530-749-0280. But some of you just don't want to go to work. You just want somebody to work for you and help you keep your stuff your stuff. Keep it from walking off. Keep uh, people from breaking into your buildings, taking your equipment, or taking your supplies. And uh, Elite Universal Security, Monty Hecker out there, can help you figure out how to become more secure. Maybe it's about protecting your children. Or putting a system in at your house. So give Monty a call at 530-749-0280. And he'll help with all aspects of security. Whether it's your ranch, your industry, your business, your home, your person. They even help you with personal security. So so for instance, maybe you thought about getting a gun or you got a gun. and uh, Or you bought some chemicals or somebody gave you a gift of some chemicals to spray in somebody's face who's trying to take advantage of you. They will help you understand how to use that. And if you need any permits for the gun, they can help you with that. They can help you learn how to shoot the gun. So uh, they have a range. So you can give a call for that as well. Okay. So uh, we'll we'll move on here. And uh, I want to talk about a guy, you know, Every once in a while, you know, we, we see people in the media and we think, oh, those are the most important people uh, in the country. But a lot of there's a, a lot of very amazing people are out there and they never get any publicity because they're not seeking that. They just do their work and their nose, as someone has said, nose to the grindstone. I mean, they're just focused. And uh, a guy wrote up this tribute to a fellow named Saul, S-O-L. Ajalat, or Ajalat, A-J-A-L-A-T. I think he's from the country of Jordan eventually, uh, uh, once upon a time. He's an attorney, or he was, and he's referred to as a pioneer in his field, and he was a wonderful researcher. And he took a lot of personal injury suits, and he uncovered the complex tricks that led to the underreporting of debilitating Gardasil, G-A-R-D-A-S-I-L, Gardasil. It's a vaccine, and it's a very controversial vaccine that has been pushed by Merck, M-E-R-C-K. It's a pharmaceutical company. It's been pushed on Merck uh, by Merck to get all our young people vaccinated with Gardasil and uh, to stop the human papilloma virus. The human papilloma virus is widespread, and sometimes they say it could lead to 
uh, cancer of the cervix. But uh, Saul, he was the first attorney to sue Merck for fraudulently marketing its Gardasil human papillomavirus jab or vaccine. Saul died just a month ago, a little, not quite a month ago, June 28th. Uh, he would have turned 91. This is a, you know, you have people, oh, I can't wait to retire. I find all my government friends, oh, I can't wait to retire. They count down the days. Saul worked right up till his 91st birthday. Uh, right, right up just before it. Throughout his legal career spanning more than 60 years, Saul worked in virtually every area of law. In addition to cases of bodily injury due to accident and medical malpractice, Saul represented vaccine-injured plaintiffs in the U.S. Court of Federal Claims. So this is a guy, uh, Michael Bohm of Wisner Bohm. It's a law firm. They said Saul was meticulous and indefatigable. In other words, not hindered by details. He was dedicated. Uh, the, he dedicated the latter years of his life to exposing Gardasil dangers. I'm telling you people, do not let anybody inject your boys or girls with the HPV vaccine. It's, it'll make them sick. It's going to give them cancer. Saul uncovered the tricks on how Gardasil was hiding the debilitating neurological injuries. And they overreported the efficacy or the benefits of HPV-induced cell abnormalities, uh, the HPV-prevented cell abnormalities. He said, Saul found and befriended the most knowledgeable scientists in the world to teach him how these injuries actually occurred. He learned the immune system's intricacies and how it reacts to injected antigens and adjuvants, which in Gardasil's case resulted in overstimulation of some patients' immune system and excess exposure to neurotoxins. Don't take vaccines. I'm telling you people, if you wonder where did all the autism come from? It went up like 10,000%. It didn't, we didn't have all this autism before the jabs. All kinds of jabs. Have a baby and they're jabbing them the first day out of the womb. Don't do it. I'm telling you, do not do it. I have more people, their kids are autistic, and they'll have them, you'll be parenting that kid when you die and worrying about what's going to happen to them. And what happened is the jabs, the vaccines are damaging the uh, nervous system and brain of your children. It isn't some deal you did wrong, except you went and got them jabbed, but you trusted the doctors. Please don't do that anymore. The more Saul learned, the more dogged he got about teaching and spreading the word about Gardasil's dangers. This is a very brilliant guy that devoted his life to saving lives. An attorney, not a doctor. He ardently advocated for his clients, especially championing Jennifer Roby's Gardasil-induced neurological injuries in court.
Michael Baum, the attorney, said Saul blazed a trail that was just followed by my firm and several others of the top pharmaceutical firms in the in the world, leading to hundreds of cases like Jennifer's filed across the country. They're they're coming to the aid of people that have been vaccine damaged. You ever needed an attorney and can't find the right attorney? It's very frustrating. There's lots of attorneys around, but these are specialty areas, vaccine-damaged people. Merck was forced by Saul to produce over 25 million pages of internal documents about Gardasil. 16 cases have been selected to proceed to trial as a lead exemplar cases in federal court. That means when these cases are settled, then whoever has had also had damages can come forward and benefit by this case. You don't all have to fight the same trial. The Roby, Miss Roby said, Saul will always be my hero. He was my voice when I was most vulnerable and a champion for me and my family. While our hearts are broken by his passing, I seek comfort in knowing that he will continue to be my guiding light throughout the entirety of my life. Saul was forever, will always be a model of truth, integrity, and honor in my eyes. He said, I'm blessed to have had him as a friend. Man, what a wonderful guy. He was born in Chicago, second of five children born to Peter and Tisbina, who immigrated from the, the country of Jordan in the Middle East. They owned a small wholesale and retail clothing store, and Saul became a wonderful attorney. Uh, he was a great athlete, went to UCLA, etc., etc. What Mainly what I wanted to talk about is the fact that he's exposed this corrupt vaccine that these, I'm telling you, these pharmaceutical people and the FDA and the CDC are promoting things that are horribly corrupt, toxic jabs. Don't take them. Don't take them. Find out more information. There's a lot of alternative information. Uh, how about this? Johnson & Johnson. You remember all these organizations used to just trust all their products? Oh, Johnson Johnson, that's a top-quality product. They were ordered to pay a California by a California jury on Tuesday to pay $18.8 million to a man who said in a lawsuit that he developed cancer due to exposure to baby powder. You know, this isn't the Twinkie defense. You remember the Twinkie defense? You know where that came from? I believe that was from the Charles, was it the Charles Manson? Or was it one of those extraordinary killers? Defense. Maybe it wasn't Charles Manson. It was another killer. I'll have to think about it. I think it was the Bay Area, uh, the Twinkie defense. They said that he was raised on Twinkies that cause your brain to malfunction. Baby powder causes cancer. Do you remember I was talking to you about a few weeks ago about formula? Please look at the the, the, the products on formula. You know, it's interesting. Parents are so cautious, particularly about their first, firstborn. And then they'll put them on formula, and they, they're thrilled because they just lo- love it. You know why they love it? Because it's like eating a chocolate cake, sucking on that formula. Look at the directions. If you wonder, you, you know, some people like, oh, your baby's so healthy, it's got rolls of fat on them. That rolls of fat is not a sign of health. That's obesity. 
That's coming from your formula, not from your breast milk. Get them off the formula. Quit jabbing them. Feed them real food, not stuff you can't even identify where it came from. Johnson Johnson is seeking to settle lawsuits from cancer survivors and their family who allege the company's talc-based powder. That's baby powder. You think, oh, I want a baby powder because it's going to stop the rashes, right? That talc-based powder causes illnesses. It's called mesothelioma. Have you seen that advertisement on the television or different? I've seen it. I've heard it. Mesothelioma. It's in the tissues around the heart because uh, that the, the powder, shaking it on the kid, they breathe it right in. It's crazy. It's over and over. All these pharmaceutical companies are producing things. How do they get away with this? Because the FDA didn't. I used to think the FDA needed to approve things quicker. Now I don't even want it. I don't even want to deal with the FDA. I don't believe they're honest people. They're liars. Rochelle Walensky at the CDC is a liar. She is an arrogant. She and Becerra compete for the most arrogant people I know. It's incredible. The House Judiciary Committee is probing Big Pharma's potential role in COVID censorship. Big Pharma, what did they made? More money during COVID than they've made in the history of their companies. All these big pharma, the ones that had the jab. Do you think they, they wanted COVID to be resolved? Do you think they were trying to crush or smother or uh, quench any kind of opposition? Talk about whether the jab was healthy. I was trying to find this clip on my phone. It came to me on my phone, and I can't find what platform it came to me on, that wonderful nurse in the U.K. I'm going to find it and talk about it more. I'm, I'm so thrilled of what she did, and the judge exonerated her. That means they let her off because they saved all these people's lives. Thank you, Jesus. In a news release Tuesday, Jim Jordan He's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Pointed to documents obtained by his committee, which claimed that the three drug makers met with Stanford University representatives and tech companies and agencies of the U.S. government, the government's executive branch in December 2020. You know what they did? They formed a united front against misinformation related to COVID-19. What was that misinformation? That COVID-19 was a fraud? That it was made in a lab? It had nothing to do with, with an accidental passage from a, uh, an animal to a human? Complete lies. Or the fact that it leaked? It was intentionally created. COVID-19 was an intentionally weaponized virus. They, made, they took a, a, a normally... Uh, existing virus out of nature and they weaponized it. They made it 10 times as strong and then they released it on the American people. They made the entire nation and other nations a lab science project. We all became the rats. 
And so they they tried to pin the rats up. You ever seen rats in a maze? We were rats in a maze. They did a lab experiment on the entire nation and injected some, restricted some to their homes, took their businesses away, took their food away. David Martin said COVID was a state-sponsored genocide. And I add, our local officials played right along with it. So Big Pharma, the government, and Big Tech determined what the the talk was going to be about COVID. And that they were going to smother, delete, censor, scrub, erase any comments to the contrary to make sure that people would continue to get jabbed. House Judiciary Committee has launched an investigation in the matter for which Jim Jordan has sent letters to Pfizer CEO Anthony Bourla, JJ CEO Joaquin Donato, and Merck CEO Robert Davis. Do you know that Anthony Bourla, head of Pfizer, when asked about if he took the jab, he said he's probably in his 70s, maybe close to 80. He said, no, I'm healthy. I didn't need it. You see this? These are the people uh, making billions and billions and trillions of dollars off these jabs. And he said, no, I don't want to take it. I'm, I'm, I bet you that a lot of these leaders in the United States government, including Biden, did not take it. And the ones that did are having COVID. The hospitals are not filling up with COVID patients that refuse to take the jab. The hospital is filling up with people of all kinds of illnesses caused by the jab. Yale researchers reveal new insights. What are those insights? We'll be right back and I'm going to tell, tell you. We got one more segment to go here. I will try not to sing out again. says firefighters still have time to get the shot. For those refusing to get the vaccine, they're hoping a judge, a judge earlier this month, denied the union's request to block enforcement of the mandate. From heroes to criminals, that's how some L.A. firefighters say they're being City of Los Angeles, we dispatch between 1,800 and 2,000 calls a day 
I mean, there's some agencies that do that in a year. We do that in a day. When we're on scene, we do a history of a patient. Did you ever have a cardiac history? When did you start having a cardiac history? Six months ago. When did you get vaccinated? About six months ago. So if the only thing they've changed in their life is they just got this new vaccine, then that would be the first thing that anyone would look at. We've seen too much with the COVID vaccine injuries. I've seen multiple firefighters on our job. We, we take them to the hospital in their own ambulance right after getting the COVID vaccine. I have a member, I can't mention names obviously, but that was coursed into doing it. And he's never been the same mentally. He doesn't understand how a department could press him so hard into doing something that he didn't believe was necessary for himself. These experiences that I've had with as far as adverse effects in the field has only solidified my decision from what I felt from the start. Me and my whole family, we have all already had COVID. We've already dealt with it. So why would I be putting ourselves at risks with a vaccine that has been known to have adverse effects versus this virus that we've completely healed from? It just seems unnecessary. And to threaten someone for not complying with something that can cause uh, an adverse reaction, it's very dark. The federal government has a VAERS report, Vaccine Adverse Effects Report, reporting system. We couldn't find any information inside of our department regarding that. And so we felt that we needed to start one ourselves. And in a period of, oh, I'd say, two to three weeks, I mean, we had, I believe, at least 50. They, they range from mild to life-altering events for people, things that their life will never be the same again. I mean, there's nothing else to link it to, right? I mean, who are we kidding here? Guys are already being overworked. We're short-staffed already. And to let go of all the, all, of all, the, all the people that don't want to get the, the, the vaccine is, uh, I, I, I can't even, I have no words. And the thing that strikes me as so strange and, and hypocritical about what's happening is that um, we risked ourselves for the public that we want to help and everybody appreciated it and now somehow we're the bad guys and it doesn't really make any sense to me. We were heroes 20 months ago. Today, we're a threat to society. Firefighters were on the front lines while most of us were in our homes working remotely in the early months of the pandemic. At that time, there was no vaccine, but firefighters were out there doing their jobs. LA City firefighters have been sent home without pay for failing to comply with the city's vaccine mandate. The fire department says firefighters who continue to resist the mandate will be entered into the process of termination. October 1st, I received a letter from HR director. She put me on leave without pay because of my religious beliefs and my decision not to take the vaccine. We're the ones being fired. It doesn't make sense. So when the citizens of Los Angeles or across this nation call 911, there just won't be enough people to go and respond to all the heart attacks, stroke patients, traffic accidents are still occurring in the city of Los Angeles. It will shut the city down. You can't just take on new people and expect them to be as good as a 15, 20, 25 
30-year firefighter. It doesn't work like that. It's crazy to think that uh, some group would send those hardworking people home and, and not let them serve the citizens. And I know that they get to sit in their house and relax and not worry about things. But when an emergency happens to them, we're going to be the people taking care of them and their family. And do they really not want us there, us highly trained professionals, not to take care of them? I don't think so. During the pandemic, we were the only ones going into people's homes to tell us now that we're the problem. Show me where. One instance where a firefighter paramedic came into contact with a patient and they gave the patient COVID. There's been zero evidence of transmission from first responders to citizens of Los Angeles. To see people in the healthcare system wanting to treat others differently because they're not vaccinated. It's segregation. That's what was going on. It's like, now we can't, starting today, we can't eat inside of a restaurant. We can order and we can eat outside, but we can't eat inside. Nurses are willing to leave their jobs. Firefighters are saying they don't want it. Police officers are saying they don't want it. And they're the ones dealing with the sickest people. That should say something. One third of the first responders around the country still are unwilling to accept the vaccine, that alone should raise questions. Open your eyes. Let's see what's going on here. So really it has nothing to do with protecting the community. For me, when you boil it down, it's a simple removal of our freedoms. They're stripping our liberties and our freedom away through regulation and mandates. And once that precedent is set, you're not gonna be able to undo that. And that's why we did what we did with Firefighters for Freedom, because we understand that if you take that away, we're done. We have nothing else. We've killed our future. We're not anti-vaxxers. We're freedom fighters. It's a tough fight. This is bigger than anything we could ever imagine. We only have each other. We've been trusting each other to go into burning buildings together, go on physical rescues together. So we trust each other, we trust our leaders. We have to continue to do that from the top down. Step up in the place where you are right now, wherever your job is, whatever situation, whatever city you live in, take a stand. Stand together, shoulder to shoulder. We are stronger in numbers. If more people just hold their ground and keep fighting for what they believe is right, Eventually, we will win. Some of the firefighters who are refusing to get the vaccine have banded together and formed a group called Firefighters for Freedom, and they're taking the city to court to get their jobs back. We are what make this city function, and the people of City Hall, starting with our mayor, have forgotten all about that. This country was built by rebels going against the green, and that's what's going to take it back, is all of us standing together to take back our freedoms. Have you felt like that watching the TV alone, just thinking to yourself, when are they gonna do something about this? We are the day! We're here to send a message to the city, we're here to send a message to the state, and we're here to send a message across our great nation that we will never back down. We, the people, will hold them to account.
our last segment, and uh, thank you for listening today. Yale researchers have shown what we've all known. Many of us have known that myocarditis, which is an inflammation around the heart, Dr. Peter McCullough, which is the most renowned uh, heart specialist in the world, uh, no one has written anything close to the amount of articles, peer-reviewed, uh, heralded articles on the heart. He also is a specialist on kidneys. But uh, Peter McCullough uh, is not a Yale guy. He, he's been ahead of a couple medical schools. But Yale researchers reveal new insights. Well, they're new to them, but not to a lot of other people. Myocarditis is an inflammation in the lining around the heart. And Peter McCullough, I was listening to him a while back, said, uh, you're going to have uh, your heart's going to fall apart on you if you have that myocarditis is general generally mild inflammation of the heart tissue that can cause scarring but is usually resolved within days in other words if it's not covid related said the increased incidence of myocarditis during vaccination has been primarily in males in their teens and 20s that's why it's amazing to me i don't remember any young person me growing up playing athletics and being around athletics and a lot of things, I never remember anybody dying of heart problems. And now all kinds of people are dying of them all over the place. These teens and people in their early 20s have been vaccinated with the mRNA vaccines, which are designed to elicit immune responses specific to SARS-CoV-2 virus. Lots of people had heart problems. We said it from the very beginning. I met people on the streets of Marysville where I live and work that said they almost died. They have myocarditis now since they took the jab. All right, I'm just picking since I only have uh, several minutes. I got about 15 minutes here. This is incredible. There's a drug called remdesivir, R-E-M-D-E-S-I-V-I-R. It's also called Vecluri, V-E-K-L-U-R-Y. I heard about a, a guy that I've known in law enforcement, and he talked to a friend of mine and said that his wife had died. And um, his wife had died. She had some COVID, went to the hospital. They said, we don't want her to have Vecluri or Remdesivir. Same thing, different names. They gave it to her anyway. She died. Remdesivir is a bad drug. It was proven to be a bad drug. It's, you know, it's interesting. During When people started getting, going in the ICU with supposed COVID illness, they said, oh, well, COVID shuts down people's organs. That is not true. There's no truth to that. Did you hear me? There's zero truth to that. What shuts down people's organs is the drug, drug remdesivir. That means the hospital purposely gave a medication that shuts down people's organs and they die. They knew that when we remember a few years ago during the Obama administration. And we had an outbreak of, of Ebola, but it wasn't in the United States. Some ended up coming up here. They would bring Ebola patients, fly them into the United States to treat them here. They practice using remdesivir on Ebola patients and more than 50% of all patients given remdesivir failed and died right away. In spite of knowing that, 
Anthony Fauci mandated that remdesivir was the go-to medication for all COVID patients in the hospital. And things that were cheap, easy fixes for COVID, like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, bedesonide, were forbidden to be given. Now they, they say that's not true. They just made recommendations and they weren't harassing people. I know people that have been harassed, doctors that have been harassed for giving the things I've just mentioned. But now, after all we know about remdesivir, on July 14th, which is just a few days ago, the FDA, Food and Drug Administration, approved Vecluri, or commonly called remdesivir. They approved to treat COVID-19 in people with severe renal impairment. Renal is kidney impairment. Remdesivir actually causes this. I don't understand. This is unbelievable. It says, despite data showing that the drug remdesivir increases the risk of kidney failure, they're going to give people this drug that causes the problem. It says remdesivir is an antiviral medication that targets the RNA and viruses to prevent replication. It's a bad drug. And it's amazing to me that doctors, you, you know, you're, there is a, there's a Bill of Rights, the United States Constitution, and then there's a Medical Bill of Rights that are, that are solid. You could sue the, sue the uh, hospital over them. But the government allowed the hospitals to suspend the Medical Bill of Rights. And that one of the rights is that if you don't want to take a medication, you don't have to take the medication. You have input. In other words, the the treatment program is something that the doctors recommend, but you have to embrace. Or you can reject it. Our local health official never did give any advice, any medical advice to any people that had COVID or what I'd call just the Fauci flu. Never gave any medical advice. Drank a lot of liquids, vitamin C, orange juice, vitamin D, quercetin, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. No, 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 no advice. Zero. Just go home. Rest. If you get really bad, come and we'll put you in the ICU, put you on a ventilator and give you remdesivir. Both of those treatments have been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, as somebody like to say. Will kill people. Putting people. I remember the first time I heard Judy Mikovits, a famous scientist, say, "Putting people on the putting a COVID patient on a vent will kill them." It's amazing that they ever, who recommended that. The CDC. We have been experimenting. We've been experimenting on people of color. In foreign countries, uh, we we use them as guinea pigs, and uh, we've been experimenting on them to see whether these new 
created medications work. So Bill Gates has been involved in in funding, like giving a lot of people polio vaccines. You think, oh, yeah, I remember getting a polio vaccine when I was a kid. They just said at that time we had cubes of sugar. Instead of poured out sugar, you'd have a little square of sugar in a bowl on the table. You just put it in your coffee or whatever or on your cereal. So they put the chemical the supposed vaccine on a sugar cube and you just put it in a kid's mouth. They sucked on it and it disappeared. Malawi is investigating at least 17 suspected polio cases, cases just as a vaccination campaign is completed with more than 90% of the children inoculated against the virus. (laughs) Spokesman for the Zambia District Health Office in Malawi said on Monday that the results of the investigation will come out in a fortnight. Malawi has been vaccinated children since last year following a recorded first case of wild polio in 30 years and the first in Africa since the region was certified free of indigenous wild polio in 2020. I'm telling you there's a there's a full-on blitz of big pharma to inoculate as many of the 7.5 or 8 billion people in the in the earth as they can. Why? Because they're making a pile off every off every jab. Paul Merrick, Dr. Paul Merrick says remdesivir should never have been approved in the first place. Paul Merrick is a critical care physician and author of more than 500 peer-reviewed journal articles in the Epic. He said this in the Epic Times. Paul Merrick, I believe, is a doctor in Canada. <clears throat> he said Gilead, which is a pharmaceutical company, had to cook the data to be approved. The World Health Organization, what we call WHO, Their own data shows it increases the risk of kidney failure 20-fold. I have a friend that's been taking gout medicine in in Vietnam. He said, Lou, I'm afraid it's going to affect my kidneys. This medicine's so strong. We should be concerned about that side effects of all these medications. You know, something like a quarter of a million people die every year because of wrong medications. He says, why, Paul Merrick says, why you would approve remdesivir for someone with renal dysfunction is obscene. These are the type of words people need to use. Merrick said the National Institutes of Health and Gilead cooked the first study. That means they cooked the books that formed the initial phase of the FDA authorization. He said, Remdesivir was just too toxic. He said that these groups committed scientific fraud in a single clinical study that provided data to the FDA. Remdesivir should be buried and get rid, getting rid of. 
Numerous studies link remdesivir to severe kidney problems. On and on and on it goes. Just more and more trouble, trouble, trouble with remdesivir. After all these years of COVID, the U.S. government has suspended funding to Wuhan lab over risky experiments. Do you realize that Obama actually stated a policy to stop giving money in the same way? Fauci, an arrogant bureaucrat, ignored that and said, well, we already made those commitments. We're going to give that money. Now, there are senators saying that they violated all the rules. Fauci violated all the rules by giving millions of dollars. He, Fauci was told by Obama not to do that with this experimental stuff with the COVID. He went ahead and did it, and the way he got around it is he gave the money instead of directly to Wuhan, he gave it to a, a group called Eco Health Alliance. It's run by Peter Daszak, who is a zoologist, not a scientist virologist. He's a zoologist. And then they turned around and gave the money to Wuhan. Wuhan received more than $1.4 million in U.S. government funds for testing under the project, which include experiments that make a bat coronavirus more harmful. Mice infected with a modified version of the virus became sicker, than those infected with the with the or, or original virus. That violated the policies and protocols of the government. I'm telling you that government bureaucrats believe they are changing the world and not these elected r- officials. Whether or not they are is not a topic for me to debate. The issue is whether or not bureaucrats should have a right to make up rules and regulations without the guidance of the elected officials, which are our only representatives. Peter Daszak is one that should be prosecuted for crimes against humanity. D-A-S- Z A K. I'm just looking here what I'm going to finish up here with. Did you know that D- Disney World, did you ever go to Disney World lately? And how the lines are huge. Disney World, they tell me the lines are short. You know why? Because people are starting to say, I'm not going to go to Disney World. You know why? Because they're hiring known pedophiles who've done prison time for molesting kids. And they're putting out movies that are sexual. They're immoral. This is a wonderful thing. I, I don't I don't wish the downfall of anybody in particular, 
but please realize that when you spend a dollar or five dollars or 25 or 500 you're voting it's just like like just think of a dollar as a vote and my friend who's on the freedom co commission uh freedom co net network she posted please shop locally with mom and pop stores i know it's difficult sometimes maybe it's a little more expensive the big box stores are the ones that are ripping us off as a culture you have a choice every time you spend a dollar you're voting you're endorsing the the and i know there's some things you have to buy you you know there's it's a huge operation you don't know whether they're pro-life you don't know what what they are but if you know that they're pushing a woke agenda and they're anti-police, anti-military, anti-patriotism, I'm not going to shop and support those people. And I encourage you, you don't have to be paranoid about it or anal about it. Just start reading about who's supporting what and make your decision if I want to vicariously support that cause by buying their can of beans or hamburger or whatever pay attention people you're you have a lot more power than you think you do maybe the power of the purse how you spend your money is even more powerful than your actually your literal vote Okay, we got about two minutes. So Joni Ernst, there's a number of people that have stood up to cut off funding to Wuhan lab. The question is, will it really get cut off or is that just the impression they're going to give us? Uh, And maybe they'll just ignore Joni Ernst altogether. All right. So we're about to call it a day here. So check out freedomco.net, our website. If you're out here in Northern California, even if you're in another county, come over to Sutter County for August 6, 5 p.m. to hear Dr. Doug Frank speak and to see if you can get on a page where we could all work towards convincing our supervisors that we don't want any machines anymore. We want to count our own votes. That's what we need to work towards. And um, let me just see if there's any final thoughts here. I think that's it for today. We just got a few seconds left, so I'm not going to try to tackle another subject. Thank you so much for listening. And take care and study, study, study to figure out what's going on around you. trees of green red roses too I see them bloom for me and you and I think to myself 
haunted day and the dark sacred night and I think to myself 